Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. Sports. Entertainment. Little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome in Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering into a world of news and topics we find interesting. Here we go. Well, it's upon us. Opening week, uh, Sunday at the Chargers. Are uh, you excited? It's been a long preseason with four games. Yeah, I mean, we're we're taping this on Friday. It still seems like it's a million years away, even though it's less than 48 hours away. Uh, it's sneaking up on us. But yeah, I think everyone is excited, not only, you know, to to see how the Raiders perform, how the Chargers look, um, how the rest of the division looks. I think all eyes are going to be, you know, on what, you know, Denver and Kansas City are doing this week as well. Uh, certainly around the NFL, the, the AFC West is one of the big stories, but, you know, around here, it's Raiders look with Josh McDaniels and his staff and, you know, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones and Max Crosby and like all these new pieces, how they fit together. How are they going to look? Is it going to be all these big shootouts that we kind of expect in this division? Um, all those things I think are very interesting to find out. It's 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 intriguing to just see how a lot of new teams look. But when you have a division that is built up like this, this offseason, I think everybody just wants to see how the entire division looks and to start off with Raiders and Chargers and uh, see how those teams match up, especially the fact that, you know, my my uh, advance of this is just about how wild that game was the last time the Chargers were on the field. And right. the, the Raiders had a playoff game, of course, and have had a, have had this um, this offseason uh, that, you know, a lot of change has happened. But uh, for the Chargers, like they've just kind of been sitting on what happened in that game right. for a couple of months now. They've so. made some additions, some so, yeah. key additions. But I mean, they, they didn't have a playoff game and they just kind of, you know, had to think about it and, and sit on it. And a couple of players have talked about how it sta- stayed with them and now they've moved on from it. But um you know, that's still stuck on their, in their head for sure. And so uh, they'll have to try to make up for that and, and get on the field and do that. And how do they bounce back? How do they respond? Um, how much does Brandon Staley continue doing what Brandon Staley does and not listen to criticism and uh, just keep his head down and, and you know, coaches the way he, sh- he wants to and the way he should, by the way? Uh, all those things are interesting. And I, I can't wait to see what the product looks like on the field. Yeah, I want to ask you something um, about a column I wrote to preview the game on the offense in terms of the Raiders. We're finally going to see Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, uh, Hunter Renfro, even Colton Miller out there for the first time. And there are huge expectations on this offense, as you know. Um, tell me your, your thoughts on that. And um, obviously, we've talked so much about the offensive line. Can it hold up? Will it hold up? But let's just give them the benefit of the doubt for a second and say it does hold up. How good can this offense be? It could be really good. I think it could be it could be great. I mean, obviously, that offensive line is the big question. I don't think it should be the only question. Um, I think it's such a like, yes, it should be the biggest question. It should be the most talked about thing. It should be the thing that everybody focuses on. No question. But I mean, everything. I mean, there's the how quickly and we've seen it in practice, but how quickly in the games does the, you know, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams college relationship continue like how quickly it's been a do they long pick time that up? and i know that i know they've worked out sure. with each other in the offseason but it's been a long time yeah and and you know Derek carr is a different quarterback whether you know i know the the whole rankings discussion of where aaron Rodgers and where Derek carr is and who's all of famer and who's not like that was a, a funny little joke in the offseason but they're different quarterbacks in terms of how they get the ball out and how they you know what they want a receiver to do and where they want a receiver to be. And, you know, the offenses are different. So, you know, just because you say, well, Derek Carr is a very, very good quarterback and Devontae Adams is a great receiver. What do you mean? It's going to be great. I think it is. But 
there are adjustments to be made. There's different little different things in, you know, where a receiver likes the ball placed, and and all those things are are, are going to be interesting. And yeah, their previous relationship definitely helps. But how quickly do they pick that up? I think that's fascinating. Um, how is the backfield distributed? How much does Josh Jacobs get the ball? How much do they use Zamir White? Uh, how much does Amir Abdullah resemble uh, James White from the Patriots? From the offense? Patriots, yeah. Uh, that was, I literally just yeah. asked uh, Mick Lombardi that question yesterday and said, "All right, look, this is a phrase I keep hearing. This is, and especially, um, and just to trace it, this goes back to the fantasy world where um, many fantasy analysts out there uh, just say, well, Amir Abdullah is James White. That's his role. Well, th- they're not the same player. Uh, will they use him the same way? We'll see.'" Uh, Mick Lombardi said, well, Amir Abdullah's role is up to Amir Abdullah. Like, what does he, what does he do uh, that gets us to give him the ball more or less or however we, you know, we use him? And um, so that's interesting. I, I just think there's a lot of, you know, a, a lot of moving pieces to to kind of determine how it's going to be. And I think if everything works out, it's going to be an elite offense. Um, even if the offensive line isn't great. I think that they could be good enough that they allow time, just enough time to, you know, to operate. And, you know, we're, we're taping this on Friday. If you if you don't give a quarterback any time to operate, it doesn't matter the weapons that he has. We saw that with the uh, the Rams yesterday. I mean, that, that Bill's defense was unbelievable Seven in, terms, sacks. in terms of getting yeah, to it was huge. Matt Stafford. And even yeah. when he didn't get sacked, it was forcing him into mistakes and making him throw the ball earlier than yeah. he wants to. And you see what happens when a defense does that. And so – yeah, could defenses dominate the, the you know could defenses dominate the the scrimmage like that? Maybe. Um, I don't think it's going to happen every week, but this is a big challenge for them going into week one with you know Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa over there. Sidebar, sidebar. Ready? Sure. You talked about fantasy because he has how many fantasy teams this 27. year? Twenty-seven. Why in the world does this happen? What do you mean? Why? Why twenty-seven? Why, uh, why this many fantasy well, people, teams? And how play... do you how do you keep the, you, Do you literally keep up on all these with the app? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but I, you know, people people have asked me that of like, oh, how do you even track your players? Isn't it? It's not fun anymore when you do that. Yeah, it's not fantasy. Is not fun to me. Like, it's like a job. Competitive. It's competitive and it's an investment. Like, I, yeah, I, I think if you if you study it enough and you pay attention to it enough and you um, you're never you know you could you could be the best fantasy player in the world and go up against the worst fantasy player in the world and lose. Like that's, that's possible. Like there is a lot of, there is a lot of luck and happenstance involved in it for sure. But I think you have an edge. Um, and so if you invest in the right leagues and do them properly, um, I think you could, I don't even know how you found 27 leagues. I, I, I aggressively pursue and I aggressively pursue leagues. I'm not going to shy away from it. I pursue leagues where I think people are kind of idiots. And Wait a minute! I'm in two with you. <laughs> well, you you asked me. I didn't pursue those leagues. Um, and, right, the, and those pre- aren't leagues I put at the like. You also you obviously have to prioritize as well. And well, those right. Leagues, those aren't leagues that I put at the top of my priority. No, list. we we don't charge that much money. Yeah, and so so yeah, I have a lot of them that are very big money. I have ones that matter to me a lot that are not big money. Um, Why? Because they're friends, and you want to have bragging rights. Yeah, but I mean, I just, you know, I just kind of pick and choose which ones are really the most important. And you focus on those. And just because you do that doesn't mean you're going to win. But I, I think you can't find an edge. And I think, look, at people bet on sports all the time and they gamble on sports and they gamble on dumb things. But I don't really see fantasy football as gambling. I never have. I think that it's more um, an ability to put to, put a team together and analyze things like offensive line matchups, cornerback matchups. Um, you know, there's a, a really intriguing one um, with the uh, – we'll just say the Buffalo Bills that started yesterday of a lot of talk about the two receivers of Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. Gabe, and Gabe Davis. Davis is going to be a big breakout right. guy. Well, you got to look deeper. 
Like Stephon Diggs murders zone defenses and Gabe Davis kills man to man defenses. And so you people are like, oh, you never know which one's going to go off. You, you kind of do. Well, depend upon what they're on, playing. Depends on what teams are going to play, and a lot of teams mix and go back and forth. Right, but you can definitely kind of figure out what you know what you're going to see out of a team, and and that's oftentimes what uh, how you do it. But I like those are the kind of things where you definitely have an edge. And when do um, you st- when do you start setting lineups? I mean, it's a it's a constant thing. Like I ch- I kind of go through every day. Like I, I can I can show you of a. Uh, a place on my phone, you know, you have different screens. Right. I have right. a screen that's just fantasy apps. Right. And so you go to that screen and you go each. But app, aren't, app aren't the app. apps all the th- all through Yahoo? No, there's no. I have I think seven different. Uh, so I have NFL.com one, the ESPN one, the Yahoo. So one, you're the in CBS you're in one. leagues where you don't even know anybody. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You're just uh, and and do they all do they all include money? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just I mean, wondered. I, shouldn't I say no? And from there. I guess you just said yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a uh, it's dinners. It's like uh, it's dinners at the end of the year. You, you okay. Pay up. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, getting back to the game and the Chargers, uh, uh, they will perhaps be without uh, J.C. Jackson, the uh, the uh, corner that they got from the Patriots, the big offseason signing. Uh, you already talked about Devontae Adams, but uh, and I know you asked um, Josh McDaniels this this morning. Does that change anything for the uh, for the Raiders? Um, I think he talked around it a little, yeah. um, which you know you expect them to. I mean, they're about to play a game, and he's not going to give anything away. But I think it changes things tremendously. Yeah, and and I think you know the the Raiders don't you don't exactly know what the Chargers are going to do in response in terms of like was their plan to put J.C. Jackson on Devontae Adams and kind of let everybody else kind of do what they're going to do um, on the other, you know, with the other receivers or were they going to rotate JC Jackson, move him around from receiver to receivers to disguise who he was going to cover. Um, how are they going to use him? But there's no question that he was the, you know, they addressed their pass defense, obviously by, you know, bolstering their pass rush with Cleo Mack. Uh, but JC Jackson was brought, they were the 31st ranked pass defense last year. And so and they were very bring, good against the run either. It's true. They weren't very good on defense, but the but they were horrific against the pass. Right. And so JC Jackson was brought in to be the one that fixed that. And with him not there, that that makes them probably a pretty bad. Just pass as vulnerable, exactly. Just as sure. vulnerable. So you know, we don't know what they were going to do. We don't know what the adjustment is. So I, I, you know, not that Josh McDaniels would have talked about it anyway. Of oh well, now that no. JC Jackson's not there, we're going to be able to use this. No, right. he's not going to do that. But I do think it, it it changes your offensive attack because it changes what they're going to do defensively against you. And so um, I think all those uh, all all those are kind of going on right now. Uh, where you know they're kind of back there, and, and the Raiders are saying, "All right, well, this is if J.C. Jackson plays. This if he doesn't." Uh, Josh McDaniels said, "We're preparing as if he is playing." I think he's being a little bit. I think he's. I think he's being, being a, little a little coy about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I don't think anybody thinks he's playing. I think they have a plan for both, and I, I think they probably, which they should. They probably have more of a plan of if he doesn't play because right. it looks like he's not going to play. Right. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SCN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit. 
Um, go to the other side of the ball now. I thought I know you were here yesterday when the coordinators talked. Uh, so Patrick Graham talked defensively. This is as much as everyone's talking about the offensive line. This to me is fascinating as well because I really don't know what to expect from them defensively. I think we know what to expect from Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, but all the other spots I'm going to be interested to see that if they don't get pressure how the back end is going to hold up, how the linebackers are going to play, what will Jonathan Abram look like in this defense. Um, I, As much as, like I said, as much as the offensive line has talked about, I'm I'm almost more interested to see how they are defensively because so much has been made of them offensively all offseason. Yeah, I, I think so too. And look, I, I think as the offseason has gone on and as we've watched them a little bit more, uh, I've, been, I've grown more and more comfortable with the Raiders defense. I think you can – kind of look at you know what they're trying to build obviously we know about the pass rush i think there is going to be some vulnerability potentially in the run game but we haven't seen you know all those guys together if you know if max crosby and chandler jones are you know are exploitable a little bit in the run game i don't know that that's necessarily the case but um if if other teams believe that to be the case and maybe that's how you slow them down in the pass rush is to attack them with the run that's possible but i think as they're getting healthier in the interior of the defensive line that has kind of maybe uh made that a little bit less likely that they would just be exploited for big gains in the in the run game um i think the linebackers have had some coverage issues in the past Denzel Perriman in particular but you bring in Jan Brown who is pretty good at that so you've got guys that can do a little bit of everything and then the secondary is a question mark for sure but i think Nate Hobbs is ready to take a big step forward uh they bring in Rockison who's improved every year and i think he can be uh, a very steady player for them uh, I, I love Trayvon Merrick at safety. I think between Harmon and Abram, they, they can figure something out on the other side. Uh, in the slot, is there some concern? Maybe. Um, but Anthony Averett has, has been a pretty high-level player, and uh, obviously they believed in Amik Robertson to keep him around from the old regime. I, I think there's pieces there. I think, you know, as a whole, you look at it and say, uh, are they going to be able to to do enough to slow teams down? Right. Um, I, I think they are. Uh, and I think the pieces guess, are there to do it. It's, it's, I guess, a to, lot what, on Patrick I guess Graham. to what level? Yeah, there's a lot on Patrick Graham. What can can he take the pieces that we all think are there, even if as a whole it's not great? I think the pieces can make something that's good enough. And you know, can Patrick Graham put those guys in the right positions to make that happen? And he's shown the ability to do that over the years. Uh, this is a new team, new personnel, new everything. But um, you know, I, I think that his scheme has worked. So. You know, we'll see if this personnel works with him and his scheme, and it all comes together. I think it's possible that it does. We both did um, over-under props for the newspaper on record. Uh, so did um, Heidi Fang, uh, Sam Gordon, and Vinny Bonsignore for the Vegas Nation coverage. Um, I think we both ended on 9 and 8, and that puts them over the number at the books of, I think, 8 and a half. Yeah. Uh, is it still 8 and a half? Yeah, 8 okay, and it's, and still, half. it's still 8 and a half, which I, I don't know. After the preseason, I thought maybe it'd go up a little. Um, but so we still had them both nine and eight. I wasn't going to change on that. Um, I think the division's extremely tough. Uh, I think I put them over on the division wins. You might've gone under because I think you only had them on, uh, wins with home and, and trying to find a road win yeah. game in the division. Um, but do you feel comfortable at nine and eight and nine and eight's going to probably be flirting with the wild card, but not going to give them any kind of guarantee. Yeah. I think, look, if, it, if they go nine and eight with the, the way the AFC is stacked, I don't know that that's going to be enough. Um, Ten and seven might be. Might be for a wild card. It might be. It might not be. Uh, but I mean, I think if you get to eleven, you're probably talking about being in, especially with the you know the expanded field uh, of seven teams that you know they went to a couple of years ago. So 
uh, I think that would get him in. It's it's not going to be easy, and that's not be it's not a knock on the Raiders. It's just more of a um, you know a, a fact that the AFC is just so loaded and so good. And you look around and say, all right, you probably figure Buffalo wins the East. You, you, I think most people, I'd certainly figure the Colts win the South. I think the Ravens are really good in the North. Um, I picked the Chargers to win the West. Yeah, but I think I, the Chargers I mean, win the West. I mean, the Chiefs are very good. Right. The Raiders could be good. The Broncos could be good. All three of those teams could potentially make it. But now you're saying that none of the other teams in the AFC make it as a wild card. Are going to get in as a wild card. Cleveland, eh. who's a pretty good team, if you know if they just, can hold water until Deshaun Watson gets back. That means Tennessee. I just would don't be know out. what the Raiders schedule, if that's possible. Yeah, I think that would be a really be tough, tough schedule. It's going to be, be tough. tough. And, and it's, it's you know, look, the Raiders, I believe, like my prediction was that they're going to be a greatly improved team, much, much better than last year, and potentially have the same record or be one game worse. And that's very possible with the way the schedule is set up, the way the AFC is set up. Um, you can be a much better team than last year's playoff team and be left out. That's just that's just the reality of it. Did you uh, finish? Well, before we get to that, we might as well. Uh, can we do predictions? Is that allowed anymore? I think so. That's allowed. Sure. I think that's allowed. We just did, didn't we? We did. Well, we did nine and eight, but we haven't predicted this week's game. Sure. The number is staying on. I heard there were three three and a halfs around town. Yeah. Okay. I started at four. I think. Yeah. So uh, people are believing in the Raiders. We had a guy in the, uh, Ben Brown from PF, PFF uh, um, uh, on our show this morning who thinks the Raiders went outright, and he's the guy who does a thousand simulations of everything possible in a game, and he thinks they went outright. They could, I, I think they very well could. Um, obviously, with three point spread, and you know it's a it's a really loaded team, especially offensively, uh, for uh, for the Raiders. Uh, I I I am picking the Chargers in this game. Um, I just, I feel like, first of all, I feel like they have unfinished business from last year and the Raiders got to go play in a playoff game and they don't, they don't have that lingering, um, you know, kind of resentment for how that game ended, uh, like the Chargers have had to sit on. So I think that's a, a driving force. I think uh, a little bit more, you know, one extra year in the system and, and, uh, the, you know, their belief that they have and what they're trying to do down there while the Raiders have kind of, you know, as, as much as they have. Uh, you know, as much as they have reloaded and as much as, you know, I, I think that they have a lot of talent on this team. It's still learning a new system. It's still learning a new offense, learning a new defense, um, new special teams, new everything that this team has. So I think there is a little bit of a process. And I think the fact that Chargers have been around and, and been in it uh, for, for you know, an extra year now uh, helps them. And so I, I think they win this game, but I don't think it's a blowout. I think it's a high scoring affair. I agree. It's close and the Chargers find a way to win. All right. So I'm going to say 31-28 Chargers. I'm going to agree with you. That's right think, where I was. I think uh, I 34 31. I'll just okay. go with that. All right. I think the Chargers win the Fun game. Fun game? Yeah. Um, will there be, I'm hearing rumors, and I'm not liking these rumors that there is, and you know, it's all about us, by the way. Will there be air conditioning in the press box? Now, our good friend Miles Simmons was at the Buffalo Rams game last night. He said that is a untruth, that it was very, very comfortable in that press okay. box. Good. No, the fans. Because I'm still, I'm still wondering. I, I do I wear the, the the open the open sure. collar with the suit? Sure. Or do I just go with the, with the, well, the Tommy Bahama type shirt? I know you're what matters. Uh, yes. No, the uh, the fans were hot. I know that, but it does sound like the press box is okay. Okay. So we'll you're see. telling me the suit it's with the open be collar? Cooler. It's, it's going to be cooler. It's not going to be. No, it's going to be in the 80s because yeah. uh, they got the tornado or whatever they got coming yeah. in today. So so <laughs> it's good. Cool it off for us. Hopefully everybody survives and there's no uh, destruction and. It cools weather off for us. 
You want to go real close? I know you're uh, working your butt off today. Uh, <laughs> real quick, um, there might be some UFC fans out there. Uh, real quick on the main event for Saturday night. Tell tell them what happened and how does someone miss weight that badly? I don't know. I, I you missed by a pound, but yeah, he uh, Hamza Shemaev missed by. Uh, well, this is a developing situation, so as you're okay. listening to this, things have probably changed. Okay, um, but, but still, I just I was Shemaev, shocked. Yeah, he missed by uh by seven and a half pounds. Uh, not even close to the two hundred. It was excuse me, one hundred seventy pounds. One seventy five pounds. One seventy. You get hundred. You get one seventy one as an allowance in a non title fight. Okay. So okay. he went. He weighed one seventy eight and a half. It wasn't even close. Um, I believe, and I might sound stupid as uh, as you're listening to this and you already know the answer. Um, I believe that they're going to try to have uh, Nate Diaz fight. Tony Ferguson. So they're going to bring in another fighter. Well, he was already on the card. He was in the co-main. So I think they'll just move him up. He'll fight in the main. And that those two have been kind of rumored and kind of, you know, potential, potential opponents for a long time. It's, it's interesting. I think less interesting than uh, the the actual main event was going to be. I think the question is, does Shamayev then move and fight Kevin Holland, who was going to fight at 180? Maybe like that fight seems to make some sense if they, uh, if they, you know, pony up and pay, but I think they're gonna have to pay these guys a lot of money to take the fight. And there's a, a lingering contractual situation with Nate Diaz as well, which could affect all this and that it's his last fight under contract. Um, I think his side would argue, Hey, we made it. We weighed in. We already fulfilled the contract. We can leave and be free agents. Right. Uh, I think right. the UFC would say, no, until the fight happens, you haven't, you haven't, you haven't fought. And look in, in these next three hours, as they're trying to make a decision right now, is that going to, you know, are they going to figure that out? Probably not. They'll probably take lawyers and judges and uh, courts to do. But um, it's a really intriguing battle uh, going on over there at the UFC. So, and it's I at the end of the day, it's not Nate Diaz's fault. No, not at all. I mean, he he, he made uh, it. He, he made, did he what he was supposed to do. He's here. He's ready to go. And by the way, he was he was a, essentially a sacrificial lamb in this. Like his job, you know, not that he was with it, but like the UFC put him in there. And his last fight in his contract to get crushed by Shamayev and make Shamayev a big star. And Shamayev didn't live up to his end by not making weight. So, um, yeah, Nate Diaz did nothing wrong in this situation. It would be unfortunate if he gets punished. All right. Read everything Adam has to say. He's got a uh, long day here Friday we, working the Raiders. Before we cut it, real quick, though, because uh, I know a lot of people, you know, they listen to us. They know we cover the Raiders, but they don't really realize – um, you know, they don't always put it together that we're from the Review Journal. Right. Look at the Review Journal, right. and uh, it was a really, really difficult week. Horrible week uh, for us. And I, I just wanted to. There's so much we could say. Um, first of all, about uh, Jeff. Obviously, if if you haven't seen it, um, Jeff Gammon, our, our colleague and friend, uh, was murdered this week by somebody who, um, I have a lot to say about, but I won't say right now. Um, wasn't happy with the truth coming out about him uh, and some stories that he wrote. And it's just uh, a sad, you know, the the war on media and journalists has been ugly. Um, but this was just a brutal time for us. And I, I just really just want to thank a lot of people around the country that have, you know, reached out to all of our coworkers and, and us and, um, you know, been very supportive through this. And, yeah. and obviously thanks, thanks to the police who, you know, brought, uh, brought this guy to justice quickly well, hasn't been found guilty, quickly, but, but um, who, you know, who, who cracked this case, at least for now. Um, we obviously believe that they, they got the right person. I just, I'm trying to be proper, well, proper with the legalese, but. And I'm going to um, say yeah. some really good things about our colleagues, because this was not an easy story to no, cover for many of them no. who knew Jeff, who worked side by side with him. And, uh, 
they have done an amazing job uh, covering this story, uh, this this horrible tragedy that happened. So I want to uh, give a shout out to all our colleagues at the Review Journal, specifically the ones who are writing these stories and having to cover yeah. this. Um, amazing job by them. This is not anywhere uh, an easy thing to do when you you knew the man as they did and you worked with him and you respected him and loved him. And uh, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. I'm with you on the person they arrested, but. This probably isn't the form or the time to uh, say what we really want no. to say. Um, but I'll also say to bring it kind of full circle, we talked about fantasy football earlier, and um, Jeff and I have been in a league for a decade together. He was in a long, he's been, was in it longer uh, than I was. Um, but I know he loved it. And I know he, you know, it was outside of being the best journalist that I've, <laughs> I've ever worked around, he could get to any story in the city. Um, and I could always count on him to, you know, help me point me in the right direction of any stories I was doing that could involve things that he might know better than me. So, um, which is a lot. Uh, so, you know, obviously professionally he was amazing, but, um, you know, my, you know, socializing with him was essentially, uh, our, our fantasy draft once a year. And he always, um, always brought, you know, not only knowledge of course to, uh, to his, his team, but also, you know, brought, brought definitely his personality as well to, uh, to our drafts and it was just i'm i'm grateful that i got to you know be around him both professionally and personally on some level and it sucks but i do just want to thank everybody for um a lot of support around the country it's been it's been cool prayers to jeff uh and his family obviously that's going to do it for our latest edition of unsportsmanlike conduct the vegas nation sponsored by station casinos st and sports and presented by the las vegas review journal and blue wire remember now there are new episodes of vegas nation every monday wednesday and friday subscribe to vegas nation on apple Podcasts, spotify or any podcasting app find all that coverage and more at vegasnation.com for my co-host adam hill i'm ed graney we'll talk to you next week and we'll know if the raiders are zero and one or one and oh Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit.